We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. All righty, Pacer Nation, what's going on? The Indiana Pacers lose game one to the Miami Heat, 113-111. to uh, Tough game for the Pacers. Thought they played well, Fachi, for the most part. But, you know, just not fun to watch a loss. I predicted a win, didn't get it. But, you know, Fachi, uh, not the end of the world. I saw some good things today. Agreed. Not the end of the world. Look, they didn't play bad, but how can you play great when you don't have Sabonis and basically Oladipo out there period I mean the Oladipo injury I feel like that's where we gotta start this episode because it's very unfortunate looked accidental you know Jay Crowder pokes Oladipo in the eye but it looked like that eye swole up it swole up pretty quickly and I imagine it's only going to swell up even more so that's the unfortunate uh part of it Alex what did you think once Oladipo went down what was your uh your mentality towards this Pacer team yeah, so once we saw that he was going to be gone for the entire game, I mean, they kept saying questionable, but he never returned. Once he left, um, I was like, hopefully he can come back. I mean, a poked eye, you know, usually you can just kind of let that go, and usually it gets better. But with this instance, uh, reports now are saying that he's actually at the hospital uh, getting it looked at. So we'll have to see what his availability could be going forward. But I just think the big thing for me, Fachi, without Oladipo, it's just another shot creator, somebody the defense has to worry about. Um, Aaron Holiday getting in foul trouble was huge for the Pacers. Uh, I thought Aaron Holiday, when he was in there, he made some really good plays offensively. He's a, Because of his, his size, he's able to take those guys off the dribble like Goran Dragic, Duncan Robinson, whoever they put on him, he's quick enough that he's able to get past them off the drive. But, yeah, it's just without those two guys and you have to put in Justin Holliday and Edmund Sumner, two guys that really can't create, it really slowed the offense down. And I think that's more of the problem than anything. It's just not having guys that are, like, speedy with the ball in their hand. I know Oladipo had a couple turnovers today, didn't look great with the ball, but it's just, you know, he's another threat out there. And when you don't have to worry about him because Sumner's not an offensive threat and Justin Holliday is more of a catch-and-shoot guy, it just changes the dynamics with the team. 
Without a doubt. I mean, Oladipo is someone who in the past would be double teamed. You know, a healthy Oladipo could draw a double team, you know, pretty much on any possession. Oladipo goes down. You know, you're talking about Aaron Holiday picks up three fouls with, I want to say, you know, the early part of the second quarter. So yeah. we didn't get to see him for a while. And it's no mistake that the second quarter ended up being an ugly one. Pacers were outscored by 10 after leading by six um, at the end of one. So it, it was just a little tough, you know, no holiday, no Oladipo at that point. It, the Pacers were so limited. You saw Malcolm Brogdon try and do a lot. I thought one of the things he did well was get to the free throw line, but poor shooting percentage. Six of 18 felt like there was just so many shots at the rim he couldn't finish. Uh, I think, you know, Aaron Holiday could have been someone very helpful there. I mean, finishes with a plus five. In the game, in a game where you lose by twelve, he was plus five. That says a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, what I'm gonna say here um, about Aaron Holiday is, I just felt like, I felt like, you know, he was um, just a little too aggressive, uh, getting in foul trouble, and, and that's what it is with young players. You know, they're unreliable. I mean, Edmund Sumner went in there and played really well for the Pacers today uh, in the minutes he was given. No, he's not a three point shooter, but his defense is pretty solid. But it's just one of those things, you know, you mentioned that Aaron came in there in the early second quarter and got that foul, um, got his third foul, then he picked up his fourth foul with like a minute into the third quarter. So it was just like he could not get any rhythm going once he got in foul trouble. And then, unfortunately, with Oladipo being out, it, it really hurt that bench unit. And I know that the bench actually played pretty well in the fourth quarter and brought the Pacers back. But when Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler were on the bench, the Pacers took advantage of it. Justin Holiday goes 4-4 today, but um, Jakar Sampson 5-6. Jakar was unbelievable in this game. He was such a such a bright spot. But I really think this is where, like, if Oladipo's going to be healthy for Game 2, you got to have one of Brogdon, Oladipo, or Warren out with the second unit. Not having a shot creator really just kills you. And, <laughs> you know, you mentioned it. You said Brogdon got to the line a lot, but he only shot 33% from the field going 6-18. Mm-hmm. One of six from three, and I tell you what, the way they were attacking on offense there for the most part has to do a lot with that, and uh, we can get into it because I think that's one of the big things is I wanted to see how this Miami defense would dictate what the Pacers did offensively, and especially in that second half, I don't know why they kept doing it. We saw it against them in the bubble in, um, in August. Uh, I forget what uh, the date was, August 10th, I believe it was, something like that, about a week ago. But, yeah, it was just like the Pacers kept attacking Bam Adebayo, and it made zero sense because it's not like Brogdon's going to be able to create a bunch of space. He did get a couple fouls on Bam, but that, to me, is not the way to go, and it's not smart for the Pacers to attack them. They need to attack the lesser players on defense like Goran Dragic, um, Tyler Hero, and Duncan Robinson. Of course. I mean, if you can go at Duncan Robinson every time, I mean, you're going to have some success there. It was just really unfortunate because Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, they really did play really well. I mean, Bam had basically his season average stat line, but also a plus-minus of plus 23, best in the game. Uh, just a guy who just, like you mentioned, controlled the game. Same thing with Jimmy. I mean, both between the two of those guys, 10 assists, I mean, it, it was tough. I mean, on a day like today, you know, for offensively for the Heat, Duncan Robinson didn't have his shot going. Mm-mm. Two of eight. I feel like he's going to be on in That's the next true. game, and and that that hurt because this was an opportunity that you really wanted to take advantage of. Miami's they're a really good three point shooting team. They end up shooting thirty seven percent, and it's still good. But 
I mean, Alex, this is Jimmy Butler made two threes. He was two for two. I don't think he's hit two threes in a game since maybe November or, or, or close to it. I mean, it sounds like an exaggeration, but it's actually not. And just it, it was tough because this was the game where I feel like if Oladipo was healthy, I could see the Pacers winning this game. I mean, they clawed back from being down. They were down 8-2. to two, Then they were down 10 points here and there. They come back. They take the lead for a while. It was rotating back and forth. But a poor second quarter, a poor fourth quarter, I mean – that that's the difference right there. Yeah, uh, going you know going into the fourth quarter, the Pacers and Heat they were neck and neck. It was a one point game, so just disappointing to not be able to have a finisher, especially when you needed it. TJ Warren played a really good game, but guys, at the same point, you know we can't just expect him to be Bubble Warren and be putting up thirty plus every game. Well, not not against this Miami Heat defense. And one yeah. thing we saw with with TJ Warren sometimes is he'd get double teamed quite a bit. Um, especially if they were trying to go. Well, that's, see, that's one of the things, too. Like uh, you mentioned it, Jimmy Butler hits two threes. TJ Warren's all over him, but Bam Adebayo sets that screen. You know, TJ fights through it, but Jimmy still gets a little space. Well, Miles Turner was dropping back because the scouting report's going to tell you Jimmy Butler is one of the worst three point shooters in the league. And he doesn't Max. usually take that shot. So, you know, while you might want to be mad at Miles for not stepping up there, it's just, hey, you know what? Jimmy took a tough shot. I mean, it's not like those threes were like catch and shoot, perfect form. No, I mean, they were off balance, but he hit them. Jimmy Butler's a really good basketball player. And as much as I dislike him, you kind of just I hate him, Alex. Yeah, I mean, you got to respect him for the way he plays. And, you know, I, I, I think that I think that T.J. Warren, I mean, when you're trying to carry the load offensively, and, and and then guard their best player. It's a lot of work, and I know, you know, there's no like uh, Miles Turner was okay on defense today. I don't think he was as bad as everybody on Twitter seems to think he was. He wasn't great offensively. No, he was not very good today on the offensive end. But that's what Bam Adebayo does to you, Foch. He's a great defensive player, and you know the Pacers they had success a couple times when they attacked those three guys I mentioned earlier, Dragic, Hero, and Dun- uh, Duncan Robinson. But they didn't do it a lot. One thing you'll notice, if you go back and watch a lot of this game, anytime they attack those guys, which is not very much, look at Jimmy Butler, look at Bam Adebayo, look at Goran Dragic if they're going at Duncan Robinson. They're all looking to help. They all know, hey, we have to help uh, in this situation, which will lead to open shooters. They just have to figure out a way to, to make them pay for double teaming, make them pay for leaving their guys. And unfortunately, you know, they didn't do a great job of, of finding the guy and rotating the ball quick enough on those on those reversals when they were double teamed. But, you know, it's a, it's a lot to learn from today. And I think what we saw was, you know, the Pacers are good enough to compete. They're probably not good enough to win this series, especially if Oladipo's not going to be there. But if he's there, I, I think if Oladipo's healthy and, and as good as he was in the first quarter, I think this this series could go six seven games, and the Pacers could really compete with Miami. I don't think Miami is that much better than Indiana. I don't. In my gut, I feel that if Oladipo was healthy in this game, the Pacers either win this game or the final score is within three. Yeah. I mean, you if you look at the box score and you see a twelve point game, this was not a twelve point game. I mean, no. it, it really wasn't, especially if the if both teams were healthy. I mean. They were even saying at halftime, Charles Barkley and Shaq were talking about how much of a shame it's that there's no Sabonis in this series because he really would have made a huge difference. Now, look, we could either spend the rest of our time complaining that there's no Sabonis or we could talk about what the Pacers can do differently. Yeah. And part of it is 
you have to be able to attack defensively because this is a Miami team that had one turnover in the second half. Yeah. That that is unbelievable. And the team that turns the ball over the mo- the least, we've talked about it before, the least turnovers, you're going to have a great shot at winning this game. And the Pacers were even in a lot of categories. They won the rebounding battle. Points in the paint only favored Miami by two points. Uh, I mean, field goal percentage-wise, it was very close. Everything it was was pretty much tit-for-tat, you know, very close, except for the turnovers right there. Pacers had six more turnovers. In a game like this, it's just a shame because it almost felt like the Pacers had to play a perfect game without Oladipo there, and it, it's just you're not going to be able to do that. So I really hope he's going to be able to uh, to come back and be healthy or at least be able to suit up for game two, even if it's, you know, in a limited fashion to be able to take some help away, you know, on that Miami defense to, to have them potentially throw a double team here or there. But some one guy that I, I really needed to see step up and I hoped would, Doug McDermott. Alex, where was he today? This well, was not was, a good game for McDermott. No, it wasn't. And defensively, he looked really bad in that fourth oh, quarter yeah. um, <laughs> before he put before McMillan put Justin Holiday back in. I know he was probably trying to give Justin a little bit of a breather because he had to come in early for Aaron in that third quarter and played most of the 30 on the fourth. I want to say he finished with quite a few minutes. Yeah, 32 minutes for Justin Holiday today coming off the bench. So quite a few minutes for him. But, yeah, McDermott did not look good today. And the only three he actually hit was off of a uh, Jakar Sampson bringing the ball up the court and throwing it behind him to McDermott in rhythm. Uh, so maybe the Pacers should uh, draw more of those plays up. I'm kidding, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, Doug McDermott, I think that if the Pacers had their starting five healthy uh, without Sabonis, so basically just insert McDermott for Aaron Holiday, I think that he could be beneficial there. And I would only put him on Drake Crowder. I wouldn't put him on Goran Dragic. And that's that's really where I think the Pacers lost this game, Flachy. Um Jimmy Butler has 28 points. He only has three rebounds, four assists. Bam Adebayo has 17 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. You can let those, you can live with those guys doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Tyler Hero gets 15 off the bench. I can live with that, but I can't live with Goran Dragic leading the team in field goal attempts, <laughs> 19 field goal attempts, 24 points, four of nine from behind the arc, and six rebounds, five assists. I mean, Goran Dragic had his way today. He was a plus 20, second highest plus minus of uh, any player. Bam Adebayo was number one with plus 23. I just, I just really think if you're gonna if you're gonna be a team that has success, you you let the superstars beat you. You know what they're gonna do. It's the role players that you cannot have step up and take you down. And that is exactly what Goran Dragic did. And I, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we had injuries because I believe Oladipo was on him to start the game, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. He and, was. Uh, he was on Duncan Robinson some too. So I know that. But I mean, if you have Vic guarding Dragic compared to. Uh, you know, uh, Edmund Sumner, Aaron Holiday, or Justin Holiday, guys that I respect, just not elite-level defenders like Victor, who was once all defense. That, that to me, right there was the game, and um, he was just so efficient. I mean, I felt like every time Goran got hot there in the second half, I mean, he was just hitting shot after shot, and the Pacers had no answer for it. They really didn't, and that, unfortunately, that's what makes him you know, the X factor in this game. He had 12 points in the fourth quarter alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... That's the difference right there. I mean, obviously he's going to get some points, but 12 points in the fourth quarter was a massive difference maker. And the Pacers, I just felt like down the stretch, they really didn't have, you know, much going on. I mean, TJ Warren got really hot at one point in like the third quarter, and it was great to see. At halftime, I think he was right around like 11 points. He really started heating up in the third. 
but the Pacers just can't have these alternating quarters where you're getting outscored by, you know, 10 points here or there. It's so hard to play a complete game of four quarters, but you can't play half a game and expect to walk out with a win in the playoffs. Just really unfortunate. Someone that you touched on earlier, Justin Holiday, played a lot of minutes, four for four, but three of those makes were in the first half. He only attempted one shot. In the second half, when the Pacers were looking for their X factor, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say that Justin Holiday is going to get hot and put up 20, but maybe he kind of had a hot hand today. We should have t- uh, you know, taken a little bit more advantage of it because this was a game where the Pacers were limited for that third option. You know, Jakar, I mean, come on. He played a great <laughs> game for his standards. We, we loved every second of it, but... You can't just expect, you know, to hand the ball to Jakar and go get a basket each time. So the Pacers are going to need someone else to step up. You don't always want to be pointing the finger at Miles Turner, but it's like come playoff time, you have to be scoring in double digits. Miles Turner is that guy where you got to be giving us around 15. Have to. Well, here's what I'll say about Miles. When it comes to Miles in the playoffs, I just don't expect a whole lot. And that's not trying to be rude. It's just. I've seen it for the last couple of years, and I'm just not expecting Miles to be something great. It's just, it's just if we get it, it's nice, but I'm not counting on it. What I will say is, you make a great point. Justin Holiday, four of four from the field, three of three from behind the arc for 11 points. You got to give him the ball more. You know, I mean, Brogdon and Warren are the only ones shooting the ball. It felt like, I mean, they had 36 attempts combined. Out of our uh, out of our seventy six, so you know they shot pretty much half of our attempts, and I think when when they have all that attention on them, that's when you have to go at uh, you have to go at the guys that are guarding Justin Holiday and use that like use Justin Holiday as a screener. I think that'd be a great way to get way to get him some looks because if he's able to be a pick and pop type player, and he's got a Dragic or he's got a Hero or even a Jay Crowder on him. You get you get Warren or Brogdon going to the basket on that switch. You can kick it right back out, and Justin can knock open a three. He doesn't need a lot of space. He's a good shooter, and he's got a quick release. So I really think that you're right. That's something they should have exposed a little bit more. Maybe they'll do that going forward. But you know, I was I was honestly kind of surprised that uh, McMillan pulled Aaron Holiday so quick when he picked up his fourth foul in the third quarter. I thought, you know what? If he gets a fifth one, that's fine. Pull him out. I mean, he's not the most important player, but I think at that point, he's so good at getting to the basket, it just adds another dynamic to this team, and I really wanted to see him excel and get more minutes and more of an opportunity. We know he's got confidence. I mean, the guy put up nine points in 16 minutes. It's not like he was struggling to get the ball in the hoop. Let him play through it, Nate. I know he's young, but if he he gets in foul trouble, one more foul, then sit him on the bench for the fourth quarter. If he fouls out, he fouls out. you got plenty of guard play. It's your center position. You have to worry about fouls. And uh, Turner did a great job not getting in foul trouble. So, all in all, I mean, I, I just think that going forward, I know people are already making fun of McMillan on Twitter right now because he's said the adjustments he's uh, going to make for the next game or to take better care of the ball. But it's not like these guys are going to tell us anything, okay? So, <laughs> let's not read too much into their comments. They're not going to tell you their game plan in a playoff series. That's just the bottom line. But anyway, Fachi, I'm rambling here. But long story short... There's some positives. What do you think positively that we can take from this game and carry it over to the next game? I think that the Pacers were, you know, neck and neck with the Heat in terms of pretty much getting the free throw line and the rebounding battle. I thought that was big because the Pacers came into, you know, basically the playoffs having been getting out rebounded majorly 
in those games. They actually win the rebounding battle today by uh, two rebounds. So, you know, that that's a positive that you're going to take. I, I thought T.J. Warren really stepped up from the last matchup against Jimmy Butler. There was nothing to look at to say, hey, this guy looks hurt. I thought that the, the plantar fasciitis did not look like it was acting up or, or holding him back at times. Uh, so I thought that was good. He basically rose to the occasion, but we're really looking for someone else to r- rise to the occasion. I mean, Justin Holiday looks like, hey, maybe you know, maybe he's gotten his shot back after some, some bubble struggles. But other than that, I mean, it, it's really it's really hard to take away many great takeaways in a game where you scored 101. I mean, the Pacers have lost every game this year scoring below 100 points. I would imagine the same probably goes for scoring 101. So you're going to need a little bit more firepower on offense. No, you definitely are, and that's why we got to find that third person. That could have been Oladipo today. That could have been Aaron Holland if it doesn't get in foul trouble. You know, yada, yada, yada. I mean, I'm repeating the same stuff over and over. There's only so much I can say about this game. But as far as the Hiko, man, I, I just got to say, Bam Adebayo really bullied his way uh, against Miles Turner there a couple times. Uh, not a, not a good matchup for Miles really. Bam is a lot quicker, and I don't I don't know. He just looks thicker overall. Um, I know that he kind of went at Turner a couple times, and Turner stood his ground. So I don't think Turner's defense was horrible today. Uh, offensively, though, Miles was uh, four of eleven from the field, zero of three from three point land. There was a couple times there I know Miles got fouled on one of those plays where he could have easily made that basket, but he just kind of whiffed it. I just think he's got to be more assertive. Just dunk the ball instead of trying to be cute with it and uh, be aggressive. I mean, I don't think this is like the worst Turner game I've ever seen, but some people are acting like it's like the worst Turner game they've ever seen. And then off the bench, you know, I really thought the bench played well. You I mean, you look at the point production we got from them. They all stepped up. I was really surprised to only see TJ McConnell get 13 minutes. Um, I was I was really thinking he might be somebody you could add uh, with Holiday being injured. I mean, he's someone that I would trust to go out and guard Dragic, even though he's not tall enough, maybe. I think he's smart enough and pesky enough to give him some problems. And then he, too, could create on offense. Let Holiday, or let um, let uh, Brogdon and Warren play a little off ball and let, let, let McConnell get into the paint. I mean, there's probably a reason why he didn't play more than 13 minutes. Maybe they felt like... They were too small against Miami's lengthy team, but I don't know. I just think McConnell's a different – I think he's a difference maker for this Pacers team. 13 minutes to me was not enough time for him. Yeah, I mean, McConnell has been someone who's been such a spark plug at times for the Pacers, and they, they did make a comment. Jim Jackson did mention that the Pacers were going with a very small lineup at one point where it was McConnell and Aaron Holiday, so maybe they kind of felt like they were a bit overmatched you know, height-wise, but – McConnell needs more than 13 minutes because we have seen him really just ignite the offense. He's the hustle guy. He, I know there's really no crowd, but he's the guy who always would get the crowd going and everything, and you know that's infectious. So I do want to see T.J. McConnell with more minutes. I felt like Sumner playing 27 minutes was probably wilder than anybody could have predicted. Obviously, that's you know affected by Oladipo's injury. 27 minutes might be a little too much. Uh, I feel like, you know, 20 minutes or less would probably be more than fine. I'd like to give some of those minutes to McConnell. But, I mean, the bench, I'm going to give them props because they scored 35 points, 22 through three quarters. But when you look at the guys on the bench, you know, you don't have a six-man-of-the-year type candidate. You have some good 
good role players there. So some guys like that where, you know, we talked about Justin Holiday is not going to give you 20 in the game. If he gives you 20, you're winning that game. But he's a guy who can chip in double digits, you know, 10 points pretty much all the time. But if McDermott is going to be an absolute negative, like you're not making threes, but you're also getting cooked on defense, Pacers are going to be in some trouble. They are. Because 10 made threes, I mean, that's not going to cut it in the playoffs. I mean, they only attempted 24. I mean, we can't be attempting less threes in the playoffs than we did in the regular season. It's just (laughs) never going to work. You can't just regress as a basketball team. So I'm worried in terms of I want to get the update on Oladipo. I would imagine that eye is going to be pretty swollen by Thursday. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it's, hopefully it's not a scratched cornea or anything of the sort. But when you mentioned that he's on his way to the hospital, I mean, that sounds pretty alarming for a quick turnaround. Yeah, that's the only bad thing. I mean, about these uh, playoffs being in the bubble, there's not much turnaround time for injuries and stuff and such like that. So that's a, that's a good point and something we need to keep an eye on. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, expect to know anything until game day. So especially with them playing at one o'clock, it's an early turnaround as well. So that's that's a good point there, Foch. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you, and and it really just sucks that um, McDermott was so inefficient offensively. He's really struggled. I mean, he played well the last two games of the bubble, but. Yeah, he's really struggled, and um, he is just a liability defensively. We've talked about this for years, and while I like McDermott, I think he's fine. I think he's definitely somebody that's just not going to be effective without Sabonis out there uh, with that second unit, and somebody that you're going to have to limit his minutes. I, I really think that the shooting is important, but you know, it's um, if Justin Holiday is able to shoot the way he's shooting, I mean, you don't really need McDermott out there, especially since uh, Holiday is such a better defensive player. And, um, you know, one thing that we might see is uh, we might see Edmund Sumner start for Aaron Hall and then going into game two um, if Oladipo is healthy. Now, if Oladipo is not healthy, we'll definitely see Sumner start. But if but if Oladipo is healthy, I could see them bringing Aaron off the bench. And the only reason that I like that is it gives them a score. But uh, once again, I mean, you saw a couple times there where they just got uncontested lobs at the rim. And uh, nothing against Jakar, but it's just like when you have a six foot seven power forward playing your backup center minutes, that's what's going to happen. And um, I think Miles played around thirty three minutes today, so you know Jakar was pretty effective in those fifteen minutes that he got. But you know, overall, this Pacers team they're they're good, they're really solid, but without their two all stars and Jeremy Lamb, they're just they're just not at full strength. And, and Miami's at full strength, so. It's it's not fun to listen to a podcast and be all doom and gloom, but I just think that's the facts. And um, heading into next game, we just got to take care of business, take care of the ball, figure out different ways to attack offensively. I think that we hit the nail on the head talking about you can't go at Bam out of bio. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Don't go at him. Don't post up T.J. Warren with Jimmy Butler on him. I don't think that's a good one-on-one matchup in the post. And make sure that you're able to overcome those double teams and and move the ball quickly. You said it too. You know there was there was only three point uh, ten three point shots attempted. Right, Foch? That's what you said. Ten so, made, made threes. For ten the made threes. How many were attempted? Twenty yeah. something. Twenty four. Right. That's never going to cut it. Yeah, and I think a lot of that reasoning is a they did not get out and. Uh, they didn't get out enough and, and, and push the ball. When they did, you saw how well the Pacers actually got the you know the ball in the basket because they didn't allow Miami's defense to settle in. I think once Miami's defense settles in and you're playing a half-court game, we saw how disruptive they were. How many times did we see the Pacers shooting with you know late into the shot clock? Five, six seconds left. 
uh, trying to take somebody off the dribble. You know, just not not efficient basketball. Not a lot of moving, not a lot of cutting, not a lot of back screening, a lot of standing there watching the ball being dribbled and, and hoping that Turner can set a screen, getting a switch, and then, you know, Brogdon backs it all the way up to half court, and then he's trying to take Bam, might get past him, might shoot a three. You know, we just never know what they're going to do. But uh, it's very... You know, it's very uh, it's very frustrating when there's not a lot of movement outside of what's going on with the with the ball, and I think that's where you could actually utilize Turner a little bit better, is not putting him in the post and not having him run the pick and pop, but using him to set screens for guys like Edmund Sumner and uh, Justin Holiday, Aaron Holiday, whomever, T.J. Warren, even try to get them free from their man, get a switch, and then. Let's just say, for example, you got Jay Crowder on T.J. Warren, okay? Can you follow me here for a second? Yep. All right, so Jay Crowder's guarding T.J. Warren, right? Miles sets a screen on Jay Crowder to get T.J. Warren open. You know, so Jay's trying to fight through that screen. Bam hedges to stop Warren from coming over. Then you can have Miles dive to the basket. I think that would be much more efficient than what they did today. So hopefully that makes sense. But that's like my biggest thing offensively is not letting Miami get their defense set up and stop attacking Bam. Those two things are a recipe for disaster. Definitely where you miss uh, some of those Sabonis screens. But when you're talking about, you know, I love the, the holiday, Aaron Holiday coming off the bench move. Uh, I think that it just it just gives the Pacers a little bit more height in that starting unit. Edmund Sumner is about four inches taller than Aaron Holiday. I think that you're you're going with a more reliable scorer um, off the bench. I mean, obviously, you'll still be small at times with Aaron Holiday and T.J. McConnell in the lineup, but I do think the Pacers need to make a change. That's something I am curious to see. I was just crunching some playoff numbers from last year. Doug McDermott only appeared in three of the four games last year against the Celtics. He was almost unplayable. Two points per game he averaged in those three games. So I'm getting deja vu again, and I hope that's not the case. And then Miles Turner, you know, another guy who everybody remembers the amazing dunk that he had on Gordon Hayward last year in the playoff series against Boston. But he averaged 9.8 points and 6.3 rebounds. That's pretty much what he's averaged in his career in the playoffs, 11-6. and six. So this was pretty much a, a typical Turner playoff game where it's just time where it, it's it's unfortunate because you don't want to always be pointing the finger there because this is not his fault at all. But it's just if the Pacers are going to have any chance in this series with Oladipo being hurt, Miles Turner has to take his game to the next level. You can't go at Bam, but Miles Turner being 0 for three from three, we know that'll change. I do think that he'll he'll get a bit of a hot hand going, and I'm looking forward to seeing that. But Right now, for, for what the Pacers are, for what they're dealt, for who they have healthy, it wasn't a bad game. It's just hard for every player to take their game to the next level for the next game. And that's kind of unfortunately what we're forced with. Each yeah. player needs to step up. Yeah, and I think if you look here, like we talked about this, it's like Jimmy Butler led the team with 28 points, Dragic had 24, and Bam Adebayo had 17. So there they had three guys in double figures. And close to 20 points, right? Look at the Pacers. You got Brogdon with 22 and T.J. Warren with 22. The next closest score was Justin Holiday with 11. So nobody even close to 20 points there outside of those two guys. We're just missing that third score. And I think Victor could be that guy. So, I mean, that's why I said I'm optimistic about this next game. I mean, the Pacers played hard. They came out ready to play. It's just when they lost Victor, they, they kind of lost a little bit of their momentum and their rotations changed. So... 
that's part of adjusting. That's part of the playoffs. Things happen. And, you know, Miles, you know, Miles has to be more assertive on the offensive end. He can't go over three from three point line. And he has to be better with his decision making. That's one of the things, too. It's like he makes some of the worst passes. He doesn't finish at the rim. He doesn't shoot when he has open looks. He forces three sometimes when they're not there. It's just it's just a confidence thing with him. I think if he gets his feet set, knocks one down, he'll be better off going forward. It's kind of like we mentioned with Jay Crowder. It's like when he sees one go in, he shoots the ball with more confidence. He only took six shots, Jay Crowder did, but he was two of five from three. You know, not great, but I would take two threes from uh, Turner compared to zero. So, I mean, that's six points. That's a big difference in a game, especially a close game that we saw all day. So it's just Pacers. Um, the Pacers have talent. And uh, Miami has talent, but I think Miami is obviously better right now, healthy. But the Pacers have got to figure out a way to to continue to use the guys they have and put them in the best position to win. I, I think that McMillan's done a fine job. I don't think today's loss was on McMillan. I mean, yeah, you can say the way they attacked offensively, but it's just, you know, when you lose a guy like Vico Ladipo. In that lineup, and Aaron Holiday gets in foul trouble. I mean, the Pacers didn't have much of a choice on offense what to do. Uh, maybe you can say that they could do things different, but I, I just don't know what else they could have done aside from what we've talked about, and we've been beating it over and over. <laughs> yeah, I'm not putting the blame on Nate McMillan. I'm not going to be one of those. I'm not saying that, you know, oh, my God, he did this amazing job. No, he had his players in the game. That is all you can ask for. The Pacers at times, you know, they crawled back from being down 10 points to take the lead. They were in it. If they won this game, I think a large part of that would have been on, you know, coaching and doing everything they possibly could. But they were just limited. That That's what it comes down to. They were very limited. I mean, we're talking about barely any Oladipo, no Jeremy Lamb, no Sabonis. Any team that's going to have two All-Stars not playing, I mean, they're not going to win the game. I mean, we saw at one point... The Brooklyn Nets, I mean, no Kyrie, no Kevin Durant. At one point, they were down 30. It was impressive that they even fought back to lose by 10 or whatever it was. But that's what the Patriots did. They, they, they all hung together. They tried to do their best. But Miami's fully healthy, just like we talked about. And the, the, the annoying, not the annoying part, but it probably won't happen. But you almost want T.J. Warren to be more selfish because 9 of 18, the dude shot 50%. I mean, anyone will take 50% on any day of the week. I'm almost willing to say, hey, let's see what he's got when he's only going to shoot 40% because maybe that means he's getting his shots up because we're if, in a game like this, you almost want to say, hey, no one else is doing it for us. Why don't you shoot it? I mean, 9 of 18, if you want to look at it, I mean, the next guy, only one other player had more than five made shots. That's Brogdon on 6 of 18 shooting. You just didn't have another reliable go-to option for the Pacers, and, and that that's the difference. I mean, when you look at the Heat, seven made field goals out of Bam, eight out of Jimmy, nine out of Goran Dragic. I mean, even five out of Tyler Hero. You know, it's they had guys that were doing their damage while the Pacers really just had T.J. Warren, and I felt like it was kind of in spurts. Like, I just felt like sometimes you, he needs to be just a little bit more aggressive. It's way easier said than done because he's drawing a very tough matchup. It's either Jimmy Butler or you're getting double teamed. So it's probably just not who he is to force anything, to force up, you know, 30-plus shots or anything of the sort. But when he's all you really got going, 
what other option do you have? None. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. It's just, it just it is what it is. But headed into game two, I, you know, I, I picked the Heat in six. What did you pick for the for this playoff prediction? Did you have Pacers in seven? No, I had Heat in six. As, okay. as sad as it is, I just didn't want to be one of those guys who doesn't believe what I'm telling others. And <laughs> Heat in six, I mean... They were not healthy. If you had Sabonis, I'd say this is a seven-game series. I'd say it is, and, you know, I'd say it could go either way. But there's just so much missing from this Pacers team right now if Vic's not going to return that, I mean, don't I don't even want to hear the word sweep. But if Vic does not come back, come on, please, <laughs> can't take another sweep. Yeah, McMillan doesn't want to sweep either, trust me. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think we know this, and everybody knows that Sabonis is just so so good at changing the way that the offense flows. And one of the things you notice about Sabonis is the Pacers can play differently with him. They can play a slower-paced offense. They can play half-court offense and run it through him, and he's a smart decision-maker. That's the big thing between him and Miles is the screen-setting and the decision-making. Um, as far as that role. And, I mean, even if Bam is on, I'm sure Bam's going to get him a couple times. There's no doubt about it. We've seen it before. But Sabonis is a lot bigger than Bam. And he's not afraid to bang with them. And he's and he's pretty crafty as well. That's one of the things. If anybody comes to help double team, that's where Sabonis is so pivotal in, in games like that. So it's, uh, you know, I, I love I love Domas. And uh, I, I'm just, uh, I just don't know what to think, man. I, I really thought this series would go six games i think the pacers can get a couple i didn't expect oladipo to get hurt so that definitely puts a damper on everything but if he can come back i'm not too concerned about it and i I think we still can make this a competitive series but um at the end of the day the the heat are just better and we have to figure it out i mean i want the pacers to win don't get me wrong like i just picked the pick the heat to win because i think that's what's going to happen but it's not what i want to happen so um, I think you can agree with me there. We want the Pacers to obviously win this game. It's not, like we're, it's not like we're rooting against them. So just because we pick against them doesn't mean we don't have faith they can compete. It's just we just think that Miami's healthy and better, and that's that's the case right now. So end of the day, this is going to be a, a fun a fun game too. One o'clock start, way too early for my liking. I'll be at work for most of it, so I won't get to see it live. But um, try to catch up on it and watch it later that day. So. Any final thoughts, Foch, before we sign off? You know, Pacer fans, it's been it's been a tough lesson, I know, because nobody likes to hear, talk about a loss this long. But we got we got things to be optimistic about. Yeah, you know, maybe if we can get Oladipo some of those old-school rec specs, you know, the goggles, anything that we can do to get him back on the court. I don't know. we got to just roll the dice and, and just hope for the best right now because, you know, like I said, I don't want to be looking at, you know, a four-game series here. Pacers have to come out just shooting, shooting. Why not just attempt to just, just, I don't want to say just shoot up every three because that's never going to work, but more threes, please. This is 2020. Miami was the number two ranked three-point shooting team in the league this year from a percentage. Pacers are a good percentage team. They shot 41% today, but you're going to need more attempts, especially if you're going to pull off an upset. So, I'm looking forward to see what changes are made for the Pacers. And at the end of the day, you know, all we can do is play with who's healthy and available. So, Alex, let's roll the dice. Let's get them in game two. Game two predictions, Fachi. Final score. 
Miami Heat by nine. I don't think Oladipo plays. Okay. Wow. Fodge putting the big damper on it. <laughs> I know. Well, I know. I don't want to be a broken man. I don't want to. But let me hear what you got. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say if Oladipo plays, I'm going to put a little asterisk by it. If Oladipo okay. plays, I think the Pacers win by five. 108 to 103. If the Pacers are without Oladipo, I think they lose. I think they lose 107. Ah, we'll do. We'll do one. We'll do 112. Was that today's score? Was it one? Well, was it 113 to 101? Yeah. Uh, I'll do 109 to 104. I'll say we lose by five, and we get a late three that cuts to. Cuts the score from eight to five. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right. Just for a closer box score. Well, hey, not what you want to hear, but guys, we're not trying to just gas you up. But Alex, I do have one question. I know this would have just been game two, but do you think there's anything lost in the, well, hey, even if this team's down 0-2, I know, you know they'll return home. I know the Pacers have home court advantage, but... Do you think there's this is where something's lost and not playing in front of your fans? Like you're not going to get that boost. I mean, we've seen those games for the Pacers where you know the stadiums it's just rocking and the Pacers yeah. are able to respond. But you're not going to get that in any game at all. And I think that that's going to be something that's kind of lost this year. Yeah, I think that it definitely can you know, help you try to cut momentum down, having the fans cheer you on. You get a couple shots going in, and that can really help you get your momentum going because the fans are in it with you. And unfortunately with this, you know, it's it's to the point where you're basically just hoping that you can stop it and the coach can stop the momentum with a timeout. But there's nothing on the court that's going to make it any different. So it's just you got to figure it out. But this game was back and forth. For most of the for, for most of the the time that they were on the court together, probably for forty five minutes, forty four minutes, this was a back and forth game, and anybody could have had it. It just felt like Miami was in control, and the Pacers were just hanging on. So that's the thing. It's like when it feels like that, it's uh, it doesn't feel very good. But if the Pacers could get control of the game, get out to a lead, and hold on to it, I think that'd be a a, a better way of. You know, closing a fourth quarter is that they can go into with the lead instead of trying to come back from the lead. But we know that with Pacer teams, they they struggle sometimes in third quarters, have to come back in the fourth. Um, so yeah, I mean, to answer your question though, home court advantage definitely does make a difference. The fans do have an impact on a series, and I think that while the production on TV is really good, I do think that element of it is missing. It definitely is. So all we can do at this point, hope for the best, hope for Oladipo's, you know, vision to at least be able to something where you could, you could, you wouldn't hurt the team by playing. If you only have one eye, I mean, come on, it's going to be pretty brutal to, to be helping this team. But hey, let's just hope for the best. It's just yet another injury dealt to this Pacers team. It's just kind of been that year. So all we can do now is finish out the ride. Yeah, that's it. So, all right, everybody. Well, let's hope that the Pacers can actually come back. Even the series at one game apiece heading into uh, after game two so we can at least have ourselves a fun little series. Um, But don't hang your heads too much. I think you saw some really positive stuff from the Pacers. And um, like we said, if this team's fully healthy, I think they could beat the Heat. So while we might not, you know, be at full strength, we still got a really fun team to watch and a fun team to support. That we do, that we do. Hey, 
you know, it, everything would have been different if we had pulled this off. But like we said, we didn't play bad given the situation. So, hey, one more, uh, one more crack at this on Thursday, and uh, let's see what we got. Absolutely. So, Pacer Nation, you guys can check us out on Twitter at Sucking the Pace Three, over at Instagram at Pacers Talk, and uh, Fachi, my man Fachi is at underscore F A C C I, and I'm at Alex Golden NBA. And until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. Peace out, Pacer Nation. Let's go, Pacers. Jerome, Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.